Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, the final edition of 2022 of the (laughs) Winning Plays Podcast is here. My name is Brian Robb, joined by fellow beat writer at MassLive.com, Sweet Tirada, for the final plot. I I thought I was going to screw up the intro there, the year, like forgetting what actual year we're in now, (laughs) Sweet But yeah, this is is the end of 2022. The Celtics are officially done. Uh, they will head into the new year with writing a four-game winning streak after, uh, I'd say, one of their most impressive wins of the year over the uh, mm. the Clippers on Thursday night at the TD Garden. And it uh, it kind of wraps up a pretty interesting month for them where you know they, they had their first bit of turmoil all year. Um, mm. And they've kind of managed to, to write the ship here at the end of the homestand, a record-long seven-game homestand. And... Kind of reassert assert themselves at the top of the Eastern Conference here. What uh, where do you put this Clippers win in the uh, the pantheon of you know twenty twenty two regular season wins right now for them? Is this one of the even even against the Bucks? I feel like the Bucks didn't have Middleton on Christmas, so this is yeah. like the full strength thing kind of stuck out to me here. Yeah. So one thing about the Clippers win that I thought was really impressive, um, and they showed this too in the Indiana or not the Indiana game, the Minnesota game. They shot under 30%, I believe, from three and still won. Mm. You know, and still put up 116 points. And I thought that was the most important part of, of the victory and, and why I made it so impressive. Because Joe Mazzula, you know, pre-corneal abrasions, getting hit in the pickup game <laughs> space. I heard, uh, I'll be tell you offline, I heard who it was that hit him. Oh. Which is actually pretty funny. <laughs> um, but, so, but Joe mentioned that, like, the Celtics needed to find different ways to win. And I thought they were able to do that against the Clippers. They were able to do that against the Timberwolves because, like you said, you know, the Bucks win was plenty impressive, putting up 139 points on the Bucks, no matter what. Like, so impressive. But they shot really well from three, and that and that really helped them. You know, it was, it was you know, kind of the numbers uh, helping them out eventually in, in the sense that they were shooting so poorly Then they had one game where they shot well against the Bucks. But against the Clippers, like, you know, like I remember the stat for me was the Clippers shot seven for 11 from three in the third quarter when they put up 36 points. Uh, and that and that allowed them to get back into the game, but the Celtics like they still grinded out the win. Um, Jason and Jalen did not have their best games. Like Jason even talked after the game. I think he shot like ten for twenty six or whatever it was. Jalen pretty good in the fourth quarter, but overall, you know, kind of kind of so so at times. But it was a depth coming up. So I thought it was kind of like the good things about the Celtics in terms of like how how their roster is constructed in terms of how deep they are. You had a Marcus Smart with another nine assist game. Derek White had 15 points, I believe. Grant had 10 rebounds and that big three late in the game, even though that was his only made shot. Like, I thought it was a good at the Celtics in terms of 
Yeah. And to your point about the Clippers, I still feel like they're definitely like they have a trade or two to make right now, too, because like mm. they just need they clearly need a legitimate backup center based on what, you know, teams. I mean, not every team is going to have Rob Williams coming off the bench like the Celtics do, but that's a, a clear need for certain matchups for them. And, and they have, you know, a thousand different guys. I mean, Robert Covington is making what, like $12 million a year and isn't even playing for them right now. So that mm. will happen for them. But yeah, I look at you look at terms of like talent wise, who is the best in the Western conference, like top to bottom right now. It's, it's like this, if Kawhi Leonard looks like he does this, this roster has a pretty good case for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, selfishly speaking, Bira, we were talking about a little bit of travel off screen. I wouldn't mind a LA, LA Boston, uh, finals. <laughs> if the Celtics can make it that far, yeah, yeah. Of, uh, it'll be a lot. It'll be a long play. Like I saw last year, but uh, LA has a lot to offer. So I would not, I would selfishly <laughs> not mind that personally. So yeah, there'll be uh that'd be fun. Even though the, <laughs> the, 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 I think our odds are, are, are pretty much down to one team based on what the Lakers have looked like through the, uh, <laughs> the first 30 games of the year here. But I think yeah. um when you look at the whole scope of the month though, right now, I want to, Mm -hmm. look back a little big picture now i think i think the biggest story the most intriguing development with this team right now beyond um joe Mazzula being you know taken out by friendly fire and pickup games <laughs> was is uh is the center situation and rob williams situation and mm -hmm. the 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 choices that they have here um as he clearly has run in the form during the last i think week here overall he's i think he's had a great week he's shooting probably mm. like closer to 75, 80% of the year, the 80. offensive rebound. Yeah. I'm, I'm under, underrating him right now. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, the minutes are obviously, they're up to a point now where he can handle, you know, not what he was playing last year, which I think is a pretty important part of the discussion here of, mm -hmm. yeah, you don't, playing Rob Williams 30 minutes a night, bad idea. Just in general, like no matter if he's totally healthy, like not going to do it. But mm. he clearly wants to start. That's not happening to this point because depth-wise, rotation-wise, it probably makes more sense to, for him to come off the bench for at least a time here right now. Mm -hmm. Where do you stand on this? Like, short-term, long-term, do you think they'll eventually get back to him in the starting five? Do you think they should? Or maybe keep it maybe keep it as a strategic play, being like, all right, we'll just use this in the playoffs when we actually need it. And in the meantime, we'll just keep everyone's minutes down and play 45, 48 minutes a night with Al Horford and Rob Williams at the center spot, which is clearly mm -hmm. a possibility too. I think, um, I don't know. I, obviously, there are ways to go about it. I think the best way maybe is to save it for the playoffs, just to, number one, just really ease Rob into it. Like David yesterday said pregame um, that basically the medical staff kind of tells us all the however many minutes he can play, and, and they kind of roll with it. Um, and three of the last four games, he has played 20-plus minutes, but – I agree with you, B-Rob, in the sense of, like, maybe it's not the best move playing Rob 30 minutes every single night. I think the, you know, he can play 30 minutes, obviously, 30-plus 30, 30 minutes uh, in, in, in every now and then, especially during the playoffs when he ramps things up. But I think right now, like, 
things are good. You've clearly got like kind of a cadence down of like your minutes and stuff. And I want to say yesterday, right, B-Rob, the uh, Clippers game was the first time that we actually saw um, Rob and Al played together uh, for little spurts there uh, ever since Rob, Rob came back for the first time this season. So I would say save it, though, in terms of like this is, I think, still your best lineup in terms of like defensive potential, right? Like that five-man crew last season during the, as starters, like they were just – the net rating numbers were just ridiculous, uh, especially that second half of the season. So I think you can save it, uh, maybe wrap up a little bit at the end of the regular season, but like, you know, like – for all the Celtics struggles this season, like you still have the number one record in the league, the number one net rating in the league, the number one offense in the league. The defensive rating has kind of stabilized a little bit to number seven. So I think you kind of tinker with that the rest of the way. But that's that's right. That's the luxury that the Celtics have. Remember last season, they started 18 and 21. They were desperate the rest of the way. Whereas now you have a little bit of a cushion in terms of the record. Like you still want to win games, still want to secure that number one seed, but you have that wiggle room. But I think saving it for the playoffs might be. Personally, the be- the best move just because, like you said, B Rob, like you just you don't you don't want Rob to play those starter eleven minutes, and I don't think they will. But keeping him fresh, keeping it, you know, maybe even twenty five minutes a night or so, uh, very manageable, very easy to for Rob, and uh, I think you kind of unlock uh, other parts of the roster in terms of maybe not necessarily Luke Cornett, but maybe you play Grant a little bit more based off of matchups. Maybe you play. You know, I'll uh, keep him fresh the rest of the way, too. So the nice thing, though, is, you know, a Luke Cornett gets you another luxury piece in terms of like, hey, it's a back to back and Al's not playing or, you know, it's your four, third game of four nights and and you, you don't want to play Al, you know, 35 plus minutes. Like you can play Luke Cornett a little bit more or based off a of matchup, play Grant a little bit more. So I guess, you know, that's the beauty of this roster. Like you have options and uh, I just don't think you need to necessarily uh push Raw back into action, back in that starting lineup immediately, just because they do have an experience from last year as well. Yeah, and the, you can hear Luke Cornett and Blake Griffin kind of banging the desk in the background because they know this development <laughs> beyond the back-to-backs now. This is If those two guys start together, then one of those guys has a chance to play, I think, in terms of coming off mm-hmm. the bench for a sprag mix. But if you're playing Al and Rob 40 minutes a night, like, those guys are just not going to split the floor, you know, sniff the floor unless there's some kind of injury there. And mm. it was a fun run with Cornette and Blake. They both had their moments in the first 20, 30 like games. And Noah And Noah Vonley. Remember even. the season opener? <laughs> right, the season, exactly. Some, some, exactly, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> first guy off the bench. But now, I mean, those guys didn't come crashing on earth, but you saw during the team struggles um, mm-hmm. in the middle of the month, you kind of saw the limitations there. And now when you have all this guard depth, you have Grant Williams, you want to play smaller anyway, most of the game, just based mm-hmm. on what Missoula's offensive style is, which clearly is working, paying dividends. This is a great way to do it. And also a, a great way to keep the minutes down for these guys. And I think honestly, no matter what you choose here, the priority still has to be Al Horford's playing under 30 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Rob Williams playing under 25 minutes a game in the long run. Um, and you get to that number a lot easier if they're, you know, if Rob Williams is coming off the bench, probably. Yeah. And, and one thing that I have found something kind of interesting in the past, you know, however many games is uh, you kind of have like a Jason or a Marcus matched up against a team center. Like we saw that against Zubas last yeah. year for a little bit in the first half. So Celtics are clearly tinkering with some stuff like, you know, Al's in this, also on the floor, for instance, and he's not necessarily matched up against the center. So they're still tinkering with stuff in terms of all the switching. Maybe it'll be like a pre-switch motion where Al does end up on the big man or something. So just something to keep an eye on, I think, where 
Like this, I think this team is still trying to find a little bit of his defensive identity, Rob. Like especially to start the year. Um, obviously that has picked up a little bit, but now that you're, you know, I think the thing that people were most interested in when Rob came back was how the offense fit. But personally, I was kind of like, how do you fold Rob back into this mix? How is he part of that defensive identity? Just because. You know, it's it's great to have the number one offense in the league shooting however many percent from three, right? And when things are good, things are good. But I, I think come the playoffs, like, you know, Marcus Smart has said this multiple times, like the Celtics need to lean on that defense. And I think that's where they're still trying to kind of tinker with things and, and you know, c- kind of find that next level like they were ne- uh, last season when they were just blowing everybody out because that defense was so good. Yeah, defense is up to eighth overall in the league right now. Um mm-hmm after a, a pretty slow start of the gate there. So that is for, for all the ups and downs that were in December, like the defense has been consistently there. And now you add, mm. you know, you know, you're, you're adding some, obviously a pretty big boost to it with Rob with the minutes, but like the tinkering in terms of the coverages, is going to be something that they, I mean, when you're, you know, not that they're going to be able to go on cruise control for the second half season, but they'll obviously just be building <laughs> up They're They're building up to what matters the most here. And so, getting the top seed is a part of that but they can they can experiment and win a lot of games still which i think we're going to be you know seeing in the in the weeks and months to come here um all right let's take a quick break here before we talk about the rest of the the rotation supporting guests here to talk about our sponsor bet online which remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season throughout the nfl and bowl season you always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online which also features live betting, free contests, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. So head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with that first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Rest of the rotation right now, Suichi. Where Where do you want to go here? We've got some... We got the Sam Hauser situation where it's been mm. a kind of a, I don't know if we jinxed him on this podcast talking about him so much in the last, you know, the first <laughs> month and a half of the season, but he's, he's coming back down to earth a little bit. Mm. Uh, Grant Williams, I think it's still been pretty consistently there. Um, and then we know Rob's in place, Malcolm Brogdon, who didn't play against the, the Clippers Thursday night, but you, you have the, you have the case here to go. You have, you can go nine deep and, 10 if you want to get creative on certain nights with Peyton Pritchard here, but what, what do you mm-hmm. see out of Hauser right now? Is just, just, just like a extended slump. Is he going to be in danger of falling out of the rotation at some point if this keeps up? Or do you think that they keep riding off him here through the, the ups and downs of the, uh, of I, mean, the shooting? I mean, if you're shooting a lot, like 25, 30% from three, uh, I think you're going to fall out of, out of the rotation eventually, but you know, Rob, the number one, or not the number one thing, the number one thing is going to be shooting no matter what. But the thing I've kind of been surprised by Hauser is is he, he does a lot of the little things pretty well, I think. You know, like, he'll come up for rebounds eventually. Like, he'll, he'll make, like, plays. You know, like, I remember I asked Jason earlier this season. I forgot what game it was. But I asked Jason, like, what was it like playing with that U plus bench lineup? And he singled out Sam Hauser for, like, half his answer. He was like, dude, you know, there was this one play where he had a designated handoff and he gave it to Luke and, he, and all these things. And, and he was like that's playing basketball. It's not just you being a spot-up shooter, right? So I think that's why you're still seeing minutes with him. I think if Sam was truly like a – like he is a very one-dimensional player, but I think he has a little bit more to give uh, in, in the little parts of the game where, you know, 
he's not necessarily or if he's he's not necessarily just hitting from three, but at least he tries on defense. He's gonna get hunted a lot, but he he showed me a little bit more um than I think you know you would expect from a guy like him who who has his reputation as just a three point shooter. But I think he just you know I just think it's a slump. I think it happens. Um, I don't think this podcast jinxed him though, just because the way he was playing, I think everybody was talking about him. So it was, yeah. was well deserved praise, but. I think it's a well-deserved um, kind of the criticisms now, but it, it, it's pretty much he just has to shoot his way out of it. I think um, I am curious to, you know, like we haven't talked to Sam that much. I am curious to like hear like what his psyche is in terms of his confidence level, like something like Peyton Pritchard, I think kind of like you can tell like this dude will just like jack up shots no matter what, because he's decently sure of himself, even though he, he, you know, he'll say he was super confident, but you could tell the confidence was sometimes up and down. So I'm curious to see like, what Sam's is particularly, but overall, I think uh, the reason he's getting minutes is just because he's not, even though he's not necessarily hitting the threes, at least he's doing the little things to help out his game to not, you know, automatically be like, okay, you're not hitting your threes or automatically out. So. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it too, he's still, I mean, this is how far he's had, he shot 28% in December. He's just still at 41% from the year. So it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, he's having a brutal <laughs> month, but yeah, he's still, that's how well he started where, it's still an elite three-point shooter for the season, despite having a miserable month for him. But you're right. he's Defensively, he's held his own. And defenses are still respecting him from a spacing mm-hmm. standpoint. So that that even if the shots aren't going in, like that that matters just as much as anything with your, as your point with like talking to Jason about it there. So it's like, mm-hmm. he might as well, he's young enough where you're going to have to ride this out. They don't have a good alternative, I think, on the bench to go to right now. I mean, you're not they're not going to throw Justin Jackson out there. Ultimately, this yeah. might be an area where they address it with a trade mm-hmm. in the next, just to give a veteran alternative there, like mm-hmm. you know maybe someone more defensive minded or something like that. If to to throw out there, if Hauser doesn't have it going in you know the playoffs, but I think until now they're they're making the right call here and just you know give him his mints and. If he doesn't have a certain night, you can, you know, bench him in the second half, which has happened a couple of times. Yeah, I think that's the kind of, you know, for the Celtics, like, it's kind of like a sneaky, I'm not even going to call it thin just because of his roster, but it's like relatively thin. Because, you know, coming into training camp, I thought all eyes were clearly on the big man, especially after Rob's injury. Like, it was like, how's Donnelly going to do? How's Cornette going to fit in? How's Grant going to fit in? But, like, the wing spot isn't necessarily the deepest spot ever, right? Like. So if you if you if you do make a trade, I think that's where it is. Like that's why Justin Jackson has a roster spot currently. It's because that wing spot has been, you know, not like I like I'll say, like you can play with the minutes and everything, but it's not necessarily the deepest spot. So I think it is partly an necessity. I think it's partly because you do wanna, you know, like Celtics go small so often. Uh especially at the beginning of the year when Raw was out. But now it's it's kind of tinkering with things. So overall though, I think you just kind of let him shoot it out. Maybe the new year will help him out. You know, like you said, he's not very old. So, and he got him for a few more guaranteed years. And if he can't hit 40% from three, like you'll take that, you know, you really will. And keep an eye on like Justin Jackson. You brought up Von Light too at the end of the bench. Like those guys are on non guaranteed deals right now, which mm-hmm. they guarantee for the year in the middle of January coming up here. So if the Celtics, I can see the Celtics keeping them on and you know moving them elsewhere but if, if the Celtics have an idea of being like oh we we kind of like a trade or we, that's an area where we know we want to upgrade whether it's a trade or the buyout market then mm. i think those guys maybe rent not buy in boston i mean they, they're probably are running right now um regardless <laughs> but but that's an area especially vonley now too with like rob back 
like the big situation they're very very deep there so they really don't mm-hmm. need yeah you don't need the like the six big off the bench when you're only playing three in the rotation period right now so that's that's an yeah. area where i feel like both those spots will be uh something to watch going forward here um who out of the backcourt right now i i feel like you know Derek white is getting you know understandably a lot of appreciation based on his his run the last few games here but to me i feel like marcus smart's point guard stretch right now just this whole season is as we know he had a nice run last year but now he's doing the passing too and the shooting Mm -hmm. is i feel like much more consistently efficient we sit together at game switchy and many a time i'd give you an elbow or just look at you when smart takes like three or four (laughs) bad shots those those moments are fewer and far between this year and i think that's a credit to like what he's you know kind of put together here I, I 100% agree, B-Rob. Um, it's, like, noticeable how many... It, it didn't necessarily happen last game because he did put up uh, seven threes in back-to-back games. But against Milwaukee specifically, like, he only took four shots. None of them three-pointers. Like, And he's putting up, like, huge assist numbers. Like, I'll read them off. Like, starting with the Clippers game, like, nine, six, eight, ten, seven, eight, six. Like, those are... He's averaging seven assists, you know, for the month of December. Uh, for 7.4 assists for the entire season. Like... You you've got to give him props in terms of like the sauce selection is a lot better. Like you know, he's Marcus Smart, so will he ha- occasionally have like a bad three point uh, every few games? Like yeah, but it's not nearly as frequent as you mentioned, right? Like especially during clutch time. Like I, I don't know how many times last year, like especially at the beginning of the year, you were like I don't know about that shot. It would be like a Marcus three with like a minute remaining in the game or something like that. So overall, like you know, <laughs> looking at his game log, game log, B-Rob, I think the thing that nobody really uh. You know, this flew under my radar too. Marcus Smart shot of uh, um 43.8% from three on 4.6 attempts in November, which uh is is kind of it's kind of um shocking in in some ways. But overall he's you know 34.5 from three this season. Um, which is you know not like hot or anything, but it's efficient enough. So overall though, like I've just been very impressed with his maturity the past few games. Maybe it's because he got engaged on Christmas. Who knows? The <laughs> um, Can we talk yeah, about that like... for a second? Like, where? What's his, <laughs> I, I, I need to know the Will Smith connection there because to get Will I... Smith to do that for you in Antarctica, like that's a yeah. that's a pretty big one. I don't know the connection. I asked him about a shoot around the other day. Um, the only thing I can add to that is that the social media thing, the Twitter thing, like that was not his idea. It was his social media guy's idea. Yeah. So it was just like, it was a very much so like, I was like, oh, I could see Marcus doing this. But apparently it was like, he didn't even know about it uh, until like people were texting him after the fact. So I don't know the Will Smith connection. Uh, maybe somebody should, you know, like I, like I said, I asked him about it. He didn't really like go into it. Um, he's a big fan, I guess, but that's good for him, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Just uh, I you watch me like, wait, is that like like is Will Smith in in like, some cold weather? Like, what's Smith? what's going yeah. on, right? Like, what is going on? <laughs> but yeah, what a what a pull, what a week for Marcus, um, followings yeah. and an engagement, and uh, <laughs> are you probably playing the best the best basketball of his career? Um, mm. and then I guess we have to we haven't even I feel like mentioned Tatum or or Brown this podcast they're just doing their thing i feel like you know they do their thing it's it is what it is at this point it's it's i guess the the volume of the the high scoring games together just becoming more and more consistent is that's just Mm -hmm. that's just scary as hell for them because that was like the final frontier i feel like for them 
in the last, mm. you know, from this year next, it's like if they you know, playing off each other better than ever is just mm. nightmare fuel for the rest of the the NBA here because the the efficiency is not going anywhere. And honestly, their three point shooting hasn't been even, you know, above average. So if they're putting up they're mm. combining for fifty eight points a game while shooting below average from three, it's like that's a big time yikes <laughs> if you're trying to defend this team. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was Jason who mentioned it the other day. It might have been Jalen. Um, but, like, I think that's partly a credit to the Celtics depth. Just because yesterday, you know, like, after Kawhi hit a few shots, just 12 earlier this month against the Celtics, like, they were not afraid to throw double teams at him. And, and that's despite the Clippers being so deep. But And I think it was Jason who mentioned it, like, or no, actually, I think it was Jalen, actually. But Jalen mentioned it, like, they haven't seen that many double teams, you know, like Jason and Jalen individually this season. Like, it's only been, like, a few times, I want to say. Uh, and that, I think that's just, like, a credit to, like, one, the Celtics, right? Like, they'll spread you out, and that ball movement is looking good. Like, they'll spread you out in terms of, like, you need to guard the three-point line with this team. And I think that's part of it, but it's just such there's just such a talented team, and, and you do have Jason and Jalen out there who can't pick, you know, they're making the right reads. Like, Jason especially, I think, you know, one of the po- positives I thought of his game last year and his improvement was – just making the right reads, passing out of double teams, and all those kinds of things. So you're really seeing that come into come to fruition this year, and 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 that's noticeable, right? Like the scoring numbers are so up. Like, you know, I had a stat ready be around last night of uh when Jason was sitting at 28 points uh through three quarters, I believe, and I was like, oh, let me look at his recent games. Ever since that, you know, those kind of duds against the Warriors and the Clippers earlier this month. If uh six straight games of putting up at least th- uh 30 plus points, including four three separate 40 point games like that's very impressive that's a nice bounce back and 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 that kind of shows like you're kind of taking the score numbers i think a little bit for granted with jason like i'm not gonna say it's like lebron like lebron is like a whole different level right like this generation's greatest of all time without a question but i think with the score numbers up across the league right like luca putting up 60 joel mb doing his thing like shago just alexander's doing his thing like i think Jason is kind of in that conversation of like, if he puts up a forty point game, you're like, okay, that was a good game, but like, when's he gonna hit fifty next? Like, when's he gonna have another sixty point game next? Right? Like, he has a sixty point game already to his uh name, so it's just, you know, it's it's crazy what they're doing right now. Um, Jason didn't even have his best game last night against the Clippers. Like, it was below average efficiency, and his free throws weren't great, but he still got the twenty nine points and helped, you know, and did the things Celtics needed for him to get to get the win. So it's just one of those things that. I think, like, when you're 26 and 10 and when you're the number one team in the league, like, it's just, you kind of take it for granted a little bit when, uh you know, day and night in and night out, like, the consistency is there. There's no slow, slow start to the season, and that's why uh, Tatum uh, is in the MVP race. And uh, Jalen is going to make all-star pretty clearly, so. Yeah, there's no doubt with that. And now he's, he'll be knocking on the door of All-NBA if he can keep um this mm-hmm. up. But that's going to be a pretty tight race, given, like you said, the, the level of scoring in the league. And the one other thing with Tatum last night, um, to, to kind of wrap up on. Um, I thought he's, even when they threw, that they tried to trap him on the double teams, you know, off with with coming off of pick and rolls a lot. Like, and he was just really smart, I thought, about beating guys to those spots. Like, he kind of, he could see that stuff coming and then would just like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to blow past Zubach or I'm going to blow past whoever's going to try to, you know, stop me here on the perimeter. And so that recognition to not get in those tough spots getting better and better is I think one of the, you know, final frontiers for him offensively, because once you can read the game like that and read whatever 
option they're going to throw at you defensively, then um, it's going to be trouble. Um, what are your thoughts on the Damon Stoudemire era? <laughs> the great quote. Love, love, love right? listening to him talk. Got a good cadence too, very easy to transcribe. Um, I think uh I think one is super cool that Damon's getting this opportunity, right? Um, like I obviously knew who Damon Sadamire was, but like the first time I actually like fit so like I'm not a very tall guy. We're we're both not very tall guys, but like the first time I stood next to Damon, I'm like, this dude is like small, like he's not very big. And so putting that in the context of like this, like this guy is not much taller than me, and what he did in the league was you know, like he had a very respectable career, rookie of the year, number seven overall pick, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, like I think it's a cool opportunity for him. And I think uh, it's kind of cool just because in the sense of like you, you can tell a little bit like he's very sure of himself and the way he like, like he knows how the NBA operates. He's a well-respected veteran. He's, you know, before the Celtics, like a, more than a decade ago, he coached with the Grizzlies. Like he knows how this, how this league works out and everything. So you can tell there's like a, a little bit of like a, like a confidence, like a like a assurance that he knows what he's doing, and I think that you know it's only been two games, and it, and uh, you know who who knows what his uh, coaching career will will be like the past the next few years or you know down the line. But I I think uh, I think it's cool that he had this opportunity, and it's cool that you can see that like he's taking it in his stride. Like he he you know it, he might he found out ten minutes before tip off against uh on the Rockets that he would be coaching, but he just kind of took it in stride and everything worked out. So I think it's super cool that, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's very confident in stuff in that way. There's a lot of love for him out in Portland still based off of the stories <laughs> yeah, you read yeah, in the yeah. last two days. It's uh, yeah, but no, mm-hmm. right. it, and it's cool. Yeah. For a guy like that, who clearly wants to be a, a head coach someday, imagine like, you know, you have, now you have a couple of mm-hmm. things on your resume and this was a good, like I wrote about it on Thursday night. Like that was a, he made some good decisions like land decisions mm. in that win, which is, you know, that's stuff that against a good team like the Clippers, like you can, when you're in an interview down the road, it's like, Hey, watch that. Like I, like I know what I'm doing mm. out here. So um, probably going to be his last wins. Hopefully knock on wood, Joe Mazzula doesn't get run into any more trouble here in the next uh, 50 plus games <laughs> on the basketball court. But um, yeah, yeah that's a fun game. That's a, it's a great story. That was a great thing for the middle of the year. Like, oh right, yeah, let's let's get an interim interim coach for a couple games to, to just to mix things up. Yeah, in the middle of December here, so uh, we'll take that from a content perspective. <laughs> all right, that's gonna do it here at the Winning Place Pod for 2022. Thank you guys all for listening. Thanks to frequent co-host Free Suichi Toronto for hopping on again. Uh, make sure you're following him on Twitter at Suichi Toronto. S O U I C H I Toronto um on twitter there as if you're not we should be already if you are listening to this pod for the year but make sure you get him on that for his uh seas take for his michigan state takes and um <laughs> and like no more japan soccer takes unfortunately but um those will come back oh yeah good time eventually 2026 we're uh, we're looking forward to the world cup here exactly it'll be in hopefully, hopefully on the east coast yeah <laughs> all right We'll be back with you guys in the new year. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Again, thanks as always for listening. It's a, a really uh, awesome year from our listener perspective for us at the pod. Thanks to team success and thanks to you guys. So uh, thanks to that. And we will uh, talk to you guys in 2023.